0: Lovely time of worship, so thank you to Amanda and the band for leading us in that. I I love the presence of God. I love being in the presence of God, and so I'm blessed that we can enjoy just dwelling there together, whether we're in in person or or at home this morning, just to have that opportunity to to be with Him. Praise God. I think I'm, I'm all set. It's quite an ordeal with everything you have these days, isn't it? I sort of I attempted to come up with the, the head mic on, a face mask, and a pair of glasses. I steamed up so I couldn't quite see exactly where I was walking properly. Then everything got hooked, and as I removed the face mask, all the mic falls off at the same time. So it's quite a, quite a skill at the moment that I'm yet to master. But nevertheless, I believe that God wants to speak to us this morning. And uh, I'm excited to be able to launch uh, a new series that we're going to begin um, through March and April. Uh, With the exception, of course, we have Easter Sunday coming up at the beginning of of April. Uh, And we've called this series Indispensable. Now, the biggest issue that I have with this series is trying to spell the word Indispensable. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've had variations of I's and E's and A's in wrong places. I even sent an email to some of the team who are going to be ministering over the couple of months and spelt it multiple ways in one email. So, uh, in fact, I even we produced that post and was all set to go until Andy gently just uh, noted uh, very kindly that I'd misspelt it there as well. So, that is the correct spill at spelling. Uh, the correct spilling. Um <laughs> And uh, indispensable. Yesterday I, I, I just kind of kept saying it, spelling it in my head. So I'm, I'm confident by the end of April I should have cracked this one. So uh, we'll certainly be able to spell it correctly if nothing else. So, And the definition of something that is indispensable. Yeah, this is a dictionary definition. It is absolutely necessary. It is essential. It is incapable of being disregarded, set aside or neglected. It is too important not to have. You'll note the scripture there, John 14, verse 16 and John 14, verse uh, 26. Uh, there and in chapter 15, verse 26 and verse 16, uh, chapter 16 and verse 7, Jesus says to us that the Holy Spirit is, quote, our helper. And this whole series, we're going to be focusing upon the indispensable help of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Do you know this morning that the Holy Spirit wants to help you? He wants to help you. And together we're going to be exploring over these next couple of months all the different ways in which the Holy Spirit helps us. You know, I'm sure many of you will have heard it said before, but the, 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 the Greek word there for, for helper is the word parakletos. And it means it's the one summoned called to one's side, especially called to one's aid. It's the image of someone who comes alongside another to help them. Many of you will know that, so I just want to remind you of that today. But the more you study the ways, the different ways how the Holy Spirit helps us, the more convinced you become, the more you see that His help is indispensable. His help is absolutely necessary. It's essential. Actually, it's incapable of being disregarded, set aside or neglected. And the Holy Spirit is too important to not not to have. His help is indispensable to growing in God, to becoming all He wants us to be, to knowing what He wants us to do, to doing what He said we can do, to seeing and enjoying All that God has for us. Coming through challenges and difficult times. Finding wisdom. Experiencing peace and joy. And so on. And for us both personally and corporately together as the church. My prayer is that as we exit from this series. We'll be more convinced than ever. That we need to depend upon the Holy Spirit more than ever. He is the helper. And we're going to journey through all those different ways in which he helps us. Now, I want you to know that this series, which I'm, I'm just kind of laying out a foundation for and, 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 and kind of teeing it up, if you like. This series is not just going to be focused on the gifts of the spirit. Uh, it's not just going to be focused on the fruits of the spirit. And let me just say from the outset, I am passionate about both. I love both and we need both. And we will look at both at some point during the course of this series. But this series is in the main. It's going to be focused upon the person of the Holy Spirit. John 16 verse 7 in the Amplified Version. Jesus speaking about the Holy Spirit. He said this. If I go away, I will send him. I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 14 talks about Fellowship with the Holy Spirit. I love the way the message version puts it. It talks about the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. We all know, and I'll be teaching you just now to many of you to to suck eggs, but I want to just remind you or tell you for some of you who may have never heard this before, but it's obvious, isn't it, that we can only have close fellowship and intimate friendship with a person. You can't have that with some kind of force. And so... We don't want to be talking about the Holy Spirit in a way like he's some kind of abstract force that comes and goes. He's not an it. He's a he. He's a person. He's part of the Trinity. God, the Father, God, the Son and God, the Holy Spirit. And so we're talking about a relationship with him, with the person of the Holy Spirit. We're talking in this series about close fellowship and intimate friendship with God. I want us to see that developing our personal relationship and developing as a church our corporate relationship with the Holy Spirit is indispensable. That actually we'll be more convinced than ever that we, we can't do without Him. The Bible tells us He empowers the believer. That's you, that's me. The Bible tells us He empowers the body, that's the church. The Bible tells us he empowers our witness. And so he helps make our relationship with God, our gatherings when we come together, and our witness as we reach out, powerful. When I was on sabbatical in November, and I had that month's break, I was taking walks with God, And I felt God saying to me as I was praying about the church and about vision and things for us as we move forward. I felt God, I just felt God kept saying this on repeat to me. Don't lose the dynamic of the Holy Spirit. Don't lose the dynamic of the Holy Spirit. There was a song that I had on repeat that God seemed to be speaking to me through. You know those seasons when there's a scripture or a song that just seems to be the now word of God. Into your heart, and I was just listening to it and listening to it, and this just kept coming to me. Don't lose the dynamic of the Holy Spirit. The song's called Let There Be Wonder. It's written by Matt Redman. I encourage you to go and have a listen to it in your own time. Let There Be Wonder. And as I listened to this song, Let There Be Wonder, I'll show you some of the lyrics in a moment. Friends, I cried. I had to repent. I had to repent in my own life. I had to repent for, you know, in how I've led if in any way I've began to lose any sense of an awareness and a need for the dynamic of the Holy Spirit. The words of this song, just a couple of verses and a bit of the chorus that just go like...
1: It goes... Oh, remind us today, we are people of your presence. Let there be wonder. Let there be wonder in this place. Let there be worship. Let there be worship for your name. Come Holy Spirit, how we need your fire again. Let there be wonder. Let there be wonder. And then
0: it goes like this.
1: Is he not the God who parted the sea? Is he not the one who heals at his ease? Is he not the source of all that we need? You're all that we need. Is he not the God who emptied the grave? Is he not the one Who breaks every chain? Is he not the hope? Still with us today. You're with us today. Let there be wonder. Let there be wonder in this place. Let there be worship. Let there be worship for your name. Come Holy Spirit. How we need your fire again! Let there be wonder. Let there be wonder in this place.
0: As I began to sing that song, that was my heart's cry, friends. I wanted to be wonder in your times with Jesus. I want wanted to be wonder in this place as we gather together. I want to be wonder as we witness and reach out to others. And that song, that time with God inspired this series because I believe that God wants us to have dynamic relationships with Jesus. I believe that God wants us to have dynamic gatherings as we come together. The church, the body. I believe that God wants us to have dynamic relationships Witness that we are called to be spirit-filled believers and a spirit-filled church. Sometimes people get hooked up. Are you charismatic? Are you Pentecostal and all that? Let me just say this. I believe we are to be spirit-filled believers and we are to be a spirit-filled church. If someone says to you, what kind of church are you? Say, we're a spirit-filled church charismatic and pentecostal i understand its roots i'm not decrying our history but in some circles nowadays it's come to mean different things but what is simple enough for us to understand is simply this that we are called to be spirit-filled believers and this is a spirit-filled church And you know what? It's not about us just enjoying a good time personally. I love a good time personally in the presence of God. It's not just about us enjoying a good time in our gatherings, but to remind us that the Holy Spirit helps us to reach out, that he turns our focus outwards, that he empowers us for service and for mission. Uh, Paddy, can you just as someone at the door there just mate, if you can just. But. Acts 1 verse 8, just to remind you, says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. So the Holy Spirit never just wants to get locked up in a believer. He never just wants to get locked up in a gathering. But for service and mission, he wants to help us and empower our witness. If you feel you struggle with sharing Christ with people, I just want to encourage you today that the Holy Spirit wants to help you. He wants to help you. Now, if I were to ask you today, who wants God to help them? How many hands would be raised in the house of God this morning? And if I was to ask you at home, who wants God to help them? I trust that you would to raise your home or say yes in your heart. Do you want God to help you? Do you want God to help us as we gather together? Do you want God to help us and you reach out to others? I'm confident that you'd be saying yes. If I ask you, do you want a dynamic Relationship with God. Do you want dynamic gatherings? Do you want dynamic witness? I hope the answer would be yes. Friends, if that's our heart, we have to learn to depend upon the Holy Spirit more. To deepen our relationship with Him. You know Ephesians 5 verse 18 says, Be filled with the Holy Spirit. You'd have heard it before. It's written, written in the present and continuous tense. It actually means be being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's an invitation to know Him and walk with Him every day. The message is that the Holy Spirit wants to be deeply involved in your life. He wants to be deeply involved in our church, in His church. He desires a close relationship with us and to everyone who loves jesus there's this great resource of help available to us in the person of jesus christ in the through the power of the holy spirit that the holy spirit is our helper and all this help is at hand Jesus said that the helper will never leave you. John 14 verse 16. In the message version, Jesus says, he's talking about the father, he says, he'll provide you another friend so that you will always have someone with you. In John 14 and verse 18, Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans as he began to speak to them about him going back to the father his death upon the cross his ascension back to heaven he said i won't leave you as orphans i'm sending you a helper the message was simply this you'll never be bereft of all the help you need it's available to you it's at hand through the person of the holy spirit john 14:17 tells us he who the holy spirit who dwells with us and lives in us I want you to say this with me this morning, wherever you are at home or in the building. I am never helpless. Do you know, in some situations that we find ourselves in or we walk in, sometimes we need to just pause and breathe and remind ourselves. Holy Spirit, you are with me. And all the help I need is right here. You know, God won't push that help upon you, but it's available to you. It's available as much as you are willing to deepen and develop your relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's available as much as you're willing to call upon him and to learn to trust him in deeper ways and to rely upon him. And depend upon Him. Jesus said He could do nothing without Him. It is an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit that gives us access to unlimited help. We are limited. But there is access to unlimited help through an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. I want to just list you today some of the ways. It's not even an exhaustive list. There's scriptures for all of these, but I can't fit it all over the PowerPoint without making it look super messy. If you want the list, you can have the list. You can have the scripture references. But believe me, it's in the Bible. Here's the ways the Holy Spirit helps you. He dwells with us at all times. He guards our salvation and assures us we belong to God. He gives us hope and peace during difficult times. He gives us strength. He brings conviction when the gospel is shared, provides power over temptation, grows us into holiness. He helps us to pray. He helps us to worship. He gives wisdom for decision making. He brings us revelation and helps us to know Jesus better. He provides understanding of God's word. He demonstrates the power of God. He guides and directs and leads us. He calls us into salvation. Salvation is a work of the Holy Spirit. He blesses us with the gift of tongues, which helps us to communicate and speak directly with God, helps us to access the mysteries of God and revelation, helps strengthen us and build us up both individually and as a church. He invests us with confidence over fear. He empowers our witness. He gives every believer a spiritual gift or spiritual gifts. He brings freedom and liberty. He grows within us the fruit of the Spirit. Friends, how many people are convinced this morning, we need the Holy Spirit's help? Scripture therefore teaching us that a life of intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit is fruitful. The fruit of the Spirit it produces something. How many people know we're going to become uh, we're going to become um, more like Jesus? Uh, individually and as a church, if according to Galatians 5, we allow the Holy Spirit to make us become more loving, joyful, peaceful, patient, kind, good, faithful, gentle and self-controlled Christians. And if I feel any lack in any of those areas in my life, I don't know about you, but there's some areas of lack in my life. In the areas of maybe love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. The Holy Spirit is able to grow it and produce it in me. Now, if I flip that list on its head, just just go back to where it was at the beginning of it for me. Without the Holy Spirit, I don't feel the presence of God dwelling with me. I'm unsure and uncertain about my salvation. I'm missing hope and peace in difficult times. I'm weak and lacking strength. There's there's no conviction when the gospel is shared. I'm I'm struggling with temptation. I'm not growing to become more like Him. I'm finding my prayer life difficult. I don't seem to rise to heights in worship. I don't know what to do when there are decisions to made. I don't really know Jesus like others seem to be able to know Him. I'm not sure what the Word of God is saying. On to the next one for me. I don't seem to see the demonstrations of the power of God. I seem to lack a sense of guidance and direction. And I'm not seeing people called into salvation. I don't seem to be able to communicate with others with God like they are and get revelation. I don't seem to be strengthened and built up. I seem to be lacking confidence and quite fearful. My witness doesn't seem to have any power. I don't seem to have gifts like others have gifts. I feel bound up and lacking in freedom and liberty. And I don't seem to feel this love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness and self-control in my life. No spirit. None of that stuff. Friends, why would we not want him to help us? So it stands to reason that I must learn to build a life. And we must learn to be a church who are centered around the presence of God. The very person of the Holy Spirit. Bill Johnson said, The presence of God is the greatest gift we have. And to shut everything else down because of that is absolutely worth it to me. It's the joy of our heart to celebrate him personally. You know, although lockdown has been so tough in many ways, it's actually afforded us what I believe. And I was, we were talking about this as a leadership team the other day. What I believe, friends, is an exciting opportunity I want you to know this morning and be encouraged that our God is able to turn obstacles into opportunities. And you know, it dawns on you, doesn't it, when the pause button is is hit like it's been hit over the last year. And all the activity that we were so used to and all the hustle and bustle of church life grinds to a halt. You suddenly realize how just how much activity there was. And in truth, you start to think to yourself, actually, I think we've just been doing some stuff because we've always done it and we've kept doing it. And now we're not doing it. And actually, at times, as a leader, as a pastor, you, you feel like that we're on a treadmill and you can't get off. In the activity of church life, it's like we all get on the treadmill and we can't go off. And one of the big blessings out of the mess, if you like, of 2020 is it's like God reached over and just hit the stop button on the treadmill. And it created this pause moment. Because I believe that God is able to turn around what the enemy intends for harm. He's able to turn an obstacle into an opportunity and he's able to work for good in the midst of the mess. And it's like God just reached over and went, okay, well, we'll we'll pause. And you begin to realize, we don't have to rush back to everything. And you begin to say into your heart, God, what is the stuff that's indispensable? What's just activity and just on the treadmill and doing it because you always don't... But what is indispensable? What really matters? What do we really need to focus on? What needs to begin to define... Or redefine what church looks like. What should be defining vision? And what should be defining plans? And what should be defining structure? Or should I say, who should be defining church? Who should be defining vision? Who should be defining plans? And who should be defining structure? And I'm not talking about me. I'm sure you know that. To be able to sit with God and listen and say, God, what is indispensable? What is essential? What is essential? rather than just diving back in everything and just picking it all up because we've always done it before, what should it look like? What should a Sunday morning look like? What should midweek look like? What should our children and youth ministries and other ministries in church, what should it look like? What should small groups look like? Friends, I want to say to you today with all my heart, let there be wonder. What I mean by that is this. The dynamic of the presence of God and the dynamic of the spirit are indispensable. In 2020, it's like God said, stop. But in 2021, I believe that God is saying, so. In 2020, God said, stop. But in 2021, God is saying, so. What do I mean by that? So into Building lives, and being a church that is defined by the Holy Spirit and the presence of God. Now, what does that mean? Because some people think, "Oh boy, are we heading back to them days when meetings were like really long?" (laughs) Breathe easy. No, it doesn't mean we're heading back to days, the old days. And when I mean, I'm not just talking about our church. I'm talking about the old, old days that you hear multiple pastors and churches talk about. People who have been in church a lot longer than I have. The days when it was literally like you tried to cram everything into one meeting. I'm not saying that. I am saying, though, friends, we're going to learn to be a whole lot more intentional about giving the Holy Spirit space. Because honestly, I find this much. Whenever I give the Holy Spirit space, He moves. When you learn to give Him room at home, when we learn to give Him room as a church, and now what that looks like might be creative, and I'm not just talking about one service, I'm talking about different things we might need to learn to do together, and different things we might need to put on. All I learn to know is this, when you give Him the platform, He will take it and move. That might mean we've got to get out of the way. We've got to adjust stuff. So it doesn't necessarily mean we're moving back to really long meetings, nor does it mean things are getting wacky and bonkers. I do not want us to be a church where people come through the front door and run out the back one. And I like what Bill Johnson says. He says, don't let your experience shape your theology. Now, the reason I quote that to you is because some of you might say, oh boy, I've had some interesting stuff that people said was of the spirit. And it's not been a positive experience. Don't let your experience shape your theology. Friends, we're going to get back to what the Word is saying. What the Word is saying. Don't let your experience say, oh, but this is bad. On multiple levels, if you let your experience shape your theology, it can get real messy. I'm not just talking about with the Holy Spirit. Being spirit-filled, being a spirit-filled believer in a spirit-filled church isn't all feelings and emotions. Now, thank God he touches them, because I don't want to be some dry, stiff, stoic kind of believer. It's just like, oh, God is so good and I love it when he moves kind of thing. I'm grateful. And actually, friends, do you know what? In some of your lives here in my heart, God wants to unlock your feelings and emotions. He wants to touch them. But what I'm saying is it's not all swinging to the like, oh, we're of the spirit. And it's all like feelings and emotions and it gets a bit wacky and bonkers. We can stray into that. We don't want to go there. We don't want to excess. You know, we know the Apostle Paul's addressing issues of excess, even in the Corinthian church. It's not all that. You know, I heard someone recently say this. When you are saved, you don't get your heart transformed and leave your thinking behind. So what I'm talking about is I want us to become educated in the spirit. I want us to learn about what's the Bible telling me about who the Holy Spirit is and how he helps my life and how he wants to move. Let's get educated in the Holy Spirit. Let's get educated about him so we learn to flow and walk and move and live by the Spirit. I once heard a preacher say this, and I just want to quote him as I, quote, as I say it. I want to repeat what he said to you. He said this, he said, my job isn't to ins- just to inspire you. But to help you, according to the word, to think right. I really like that. My job's not just to get up here and to inspire you, but to help you, according to the word, to think right. Because in so many areas of our lives, we arrive at wrong conclusions because of wrong thinking. Somewhere along the line, some wrong thinking came. And you say to someone, not just about the host, how did you get to that conclusion? And when you trace it back somewhere, there's been some kind of wrong thinking. So listen, I believe in the Word and the Spirit. The Word and the Spirit. What I'm saying is this, I don't want to be all one and none of the other. The best description you have is they're like two wings of a bird. If only one is flapping, things get out of balance. Interestingly, as I sat in my lounge this morning praying about all this, a bird flew straight into my window and went, donk! we just go all word and we never believe in the spirit moving among us we're gonna go donk if we just go too far the other way well i'm just of the spirit and i just do everything the spirit says and i just flow with the spirit and i don't no, and i don't i don't want to sound like a mocking please forgive me if i've strayed into that i'm sorry i don't want to go down that route but I'm, I'm saying to your friends we don't want to flap with one wing but when we learn to flow in the word And we learn to flow in the Spirit. There is balance. And what happens? We begin to soar in God. We don't want to be all over the place. So, as I begin to just bring this together now and just finish up. There's a key scripture, I believe, for us as a church. And there's a prophetic edge to this. Both for us as we look back, but prophetically now as we begin to look forward, as we interpret what God is saying, and we begin to catch a sense of where he wants to take us. Hosea 10 verse 12. Rachel, I want to thank Rachel for sharing this with us in a prayer meeting a few weeks ago. The moment she shared it, it was like one of those moments like when it was both the Logos, but also a rhema word of God. And you feel the Holy Spirit, a now word from God as he begins to speak to you and it was just like revelation and hosea 10 verse 12 says sow righteousness for yourselves reap the fruit reap the fruit of unfailing love and break up your unplowed or fallow ground for it is time to seek the lord until he comes and showers his righteousness on you it was this thing about this unplowed and fallow ground because to me in my mind my mind had always gone to an image of this like ugly kind of unused clumpy looking kind of field or soil. That's just where my mind used to go. Uh, that You just look at it and think, well, that needs breaking up. It's just, you know, it, it needs some fresh life. And when I said that, I thought, is that what it really means? And so I have to confess, I, I jumped on Google in the middle of a prayer meeting. I'm sorry. I did it. I Googled fallow. And it said this, farmland left for a period without being sown "...in order to restore its fertility or to avoid surplus production." And, and Rachel sent me some notes on this. That she asked me, what I like to read them from 2013 that God brought her back to in the middle of February? And I just felt, yes, God, there's a prophetic edge to this. And it just said, fallow or unplowed, fallow, left typically for a year to rest. Now, I just want you to just note that, left typically for a year to rest in order to yield a greater crop in the following years. It's underdeveloped, it's been inactive, but it carries potential. Dormant soil that holds all the minerals for growth ready and waiting. And I just felt God say this, and I'll share it as I now finish up. He said, this year I've been doing that in my church. We're now coming to a year, aren't we? I remember it because we had a booking to go to pizza for Bev's birthday and had to cancel it. We're coming up to a year. But I felt God say this, there has been a season of rest to restore fertility. And God was saying, I've had to stop some of the activity that was in that definition. It was to avoid surplus production and overworking of it, trying to just keep it producing. And I felt God say, you think nothing's been happening, but greater fruitfulness is going to come out of this. I want to claim this for you personally and for us as a church. And a key to that is that some of the activity has had to stop. But I felt God saying that you and your relationship with God and this church is carrying a sense of fresh potential. And I felt God say, now is time to sow. 2020 was a time to rest, but 2021 is a time to sow. It's a time to break up the fallow ground and sow. And as we begin to sow, we do so what? In the expectation that we will reap. And so friends, this whole series is sowing into what I believe is going to produce a greater level of fruitfulness in your life and in this church and in your witness. We are sowing into that. Now is the time to put our foot down and break up the fallow ground and say we've had a period of rest. There's been a passiveness, but God is saying so. I need to sow to the Spirit in my time at home with Jesus. We need to sow to the Spirit as we gather together to church. We need to learn to depend on Him and trust in Him as we reach out and witness. But we have to know this, sowing takes time. There's a process of time. We don't see all the results and the fruit. We immediately, we we don't pack up. No farmer sows into a field, stands there and goes, well, that was a waste of time and just leaves it. No, they trust the process because they know the fruit will come. Friends, stick with us. Trust the process. Begin to put this in place in your home and as we gather together, because the Bible teaches us there's a faith principle that says you will reap what you sow. I believe if we sow into living in the Spirit-empowered lives and being a Spirit-empowered church, there is a Holy Spirit reaping that will come. Fresh sense of the presence of God in your life, in our gatherings, and in our witness. Two quotes and I'm done. Catch the Fire Ministry said this, When I'm in the presence of God, I know and have an expectation that things are going to change. Kate Smith. And Steve Long said this, When I'm in the presence of God, I'm full of optimism. I realize that anything now is possible, that we're in this zone where miracles can take place, where lives can be transformed, where I can meet with God. Friends, it is time for the expectation and the excitement to come back into your relationship with God. If you're losing it, missing it, you might have it. Praise God. It is time for expectation and excitement to come back into our gatherings. It's time for expectation and excitement to come as we begin to speak out and share Jesus Christ with people. But the Holy Spirit is the absolute key to the excitement and expectation coming back again. Because when He moves, things change. He makes all the difference. He's the one who helps to make all the difference. I have one last thing to say to you this morning let there be wonder. Amen. Amen. Well, let's stand to our feet. Holy Spirit, we love you we come to you. We just say that we want to learn to live lives and be a church who are centered around you. We want to learn to live lives and be a church who are uh, all for the presence of God, who are hungry to know you more deeply, who want to learn to walk and live and flow in the Holy Spirit, who want to learn what it is to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I just want to come and pray such a simple prayer for myself, for my brothers and sisters on behalf of our church for the sake of our town as people need to hear about jesus i pray a very simple prayer lord is simply this help holy spirit would you help us Would you help us to deepen our trust and our relationships with you? Would you help us to grow and cultivate these living, exciting relationships with God? To be a church that's full of life and expectations, miracles and excitement. And to reach out and reach the lost for Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, I pray, please help me. Will you say that this morning? Please help me. Please help us. Please help us for the sake of our town. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Take a seat, folks.